It's my foot. I thought I could manage it, but it's sprained bad. Maybe cut to a freight look. I need some help. Can you do that for me? Well, what happened? I'm lost. With your foot? What happened to your foot? I, I'm, I'm lost. I don't know what happened to it. You don't know? I must have jammed it. And yours is the only house I see. Can you help me? You alone? Yes, sir. Well, you don't have a phone? No, sir. Uh, Please just let me get mended up. Uh, I'm gonna bring out some supplies, some, uh, you know, some first aid, and you ride to the bus station. No, I ain't got no place to go. Where were you headed? I was supposed to meet somebody. I got, I got lost. Can you, can you help me? And welcome back, everybody, to Cut to the Chase slash Skip to the Lou. I am Lacey Lou, and with me is my co-host, Dan Chase. Ear infections be damned, baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what he's going to do. It's always something. <laughs> and we have the amazing Mark O'Brien with us here today. What's up, Mark? Hey, how you doing? I I'm sorry, Dan, about your ear infection. That sucks, man. Oh, no, man. I, I was not going to miss this interview. For the world. No, he was nope. like. <laughs> I'm glad you're, 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 you're laughing. I'm glad it's not too bad. No, no, I'm okay. <laughs> um, well, Mark, um, last year we actually um, got to interview your wife, Georgina, um, for when you guys did Goalie. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so that, that we loved it. It was awesome. Yes. Um, what was it like working together on that? Oh, it was lovely. She's, uh, she's my favorite actress and she, you know, she's my best friend and it was crazy. We had a four month old at the time. So yeah. in between setups, she was, she was breastfeeding and, uh, and I was playing daddy. And, uh, so it was, it was wild, but it was like so inclusive. It was just like family and work literally intertwined, <laughs> no sleep. Um, but it was, we talk about it all the time. It was one of the greatest experiences we've had as a couple, uh, let alone uh, professionally. So it was, it was really cool. Yeah. You guys got to work together a few times now, I think city on the Hill as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of cool because um, not only, you know, obviously I, I love her so much and, and I like spending time with her when I'm at work, it's just a bonus, but it's also like a scene, someone you're working with that there's a lot of trust there. And I don't mean trust as in like, they're going to do a, a good job, but it's like, you know, the parameters of, you know, they're going to be solid and they're going to be receptive and stuff. Right. And that comes with knowing other actors too. But when it's her, I mean, we've worked together so many times. It's such a, it's so refreshing and just kind of makes everything kind of full because you're working and your home life kind of coming together, which I, I really embrace it. I love that. That's why we kind of like podcasting together too. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's thing. sweet. Yeah. It's great. Like share everything. Why not? <laughs> now, don't you have a podcast as well? Don't you do podcasting? I don't, I don't know. You should I, I, because I you guys on. are great. No, I follow you guys on social media and it was funny. I did a, uh, I did a party pool, um, you know, open oh, cool. for your wife last time. And I believe you were up in the hotel uh, taking care of the baby at the time. Yeah. 
So, I, uh, I think I was doing that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah for sure. No, but uh, the other movie that you guys did, we could definitely tell that connection too in, uh, in the goalie movie, the hockey movie. That movie was amazing, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I, I, I love that film. I mean, I'm such a hockey fan yeah. and Terry Sawchuk's such a legend. It was so cool to get to do. I played hockey my whole life. So it yeah. was, to me, it was like this, just this great treat. And the director, Adriana is a really good friend of mine. It was like, just a really like, kind of dream uh, i mean that's like i was like it's not gonna get better than this like you know <laughs> i mean uh so it was awesome yeah right on um well to like segue into uh all things the righteous um you did one of our favorite films from 2019 uh ready or not Dude. Um, oh thanks yeah and you actually um you know henry sersney Sir- Sure. I always say it wrong. <laughs> Thank it's you. Okay. It's understandable. Uh, but you guys actually worked together on that. Um, what was it like working together on that and then transitioning into your film, The Righteous? Really smooth because because Henry is such a pro and he's just the, the most wonderful guy. And, and he's just such an incredible actor. And I, it's funny, I, I actually wasn't picturing him for that part. I was picturing someone very, very different. Mm. And I just couldn't. I, I saw him at the premiere, actually, for Ready or Not in L.A. And I was like man, like, Henry is just would be really interesting in that, I think. <laughs> and obviously, part of me probably just wanted to work with him again because I love him so much. But I was just like, no, he's great because Henry has this countenance and this kind of persona that, like, is so put together that I was like, I want to break that down. <laughs> <laughs> so so it was kind of fun because I knew I was like, this guy has a fall and, uh, and, and Henry has this great kind of vibe to him uh, of someone who's in a in a good position and, and he's, he's comfortable. And I wanted to really like put it like, um, like uh, twist the knife into that. <laughs> so maybe I'm just really perverse. Um, but either way, I just wanted to work with Henry and it was the greatest. Hello, Mr. Hunt. How excited are you that he's coming back for the next two Mission Impossible? I've been texting him through. I saw him last weekend. So well, I've been talking to him throughout the process. I think he has had like nine different trips to Europe. Yes. because the movie evolves as it's going as you guys probably know yep. so it's changing all the time and uh he's having a great time every time he's gone over there he's had a great time but he's like i have no idea what the movie was <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um but i'm so excited for him because i mean he was great in the first one and and i'm just uh, happy to see him in such a huge movie um uh it's just great it's just so funny he went from my tiny movie to <laughs> seven. no uh, no you and this is your first feature right uh that you yeah. wrote and directed great job yeah. man amazing yeah. amazing how yeah. long Thanks has the so story been in your brain oddly not that long i've been trying to make a movie for like 20 years basically <laughs> since i was a teenager literally like just i want to direct a movie more than i wanted to act ever and um and so I, I've written a, a several scripts and, you know, it's hard to get something made. Just couldn't get it made. And then this one came along like three or four, three, four years ago. And uh, and it just kind of evolved from there. It started in a very different place of what it was, much more supernatural. And then it just became grounded and grounded and grounded more and more so until it became, I think, more of an emotional story. And that's kind of what I want to do, because I love genre films that actually like have a, a large degree of emotion that you're actually like connected to this. And it's not about the shocks so much. It's actually about what happens to the people and and their grief and their sorrow and stuff. And 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 then I want to take what happens with grief and sorrow and, and turn that into fear. Right. Because I think it is fear. Like, for example, if I stole five dollars from you and then saw you the next day, I'm gonna be scared you're gonna find out. Like little <laughs> like as a microcosm example. I just like, give it to you. 
Yeah, yeah, just take it, just take the $5. I don't, I don't want to deal with the, the burden. And maybe it's because I, I, I kind of like, I wouldn't say I have a guilt complex, but like I, I do often think about that. And I always want to be direct with people and, and make sure that I'm on the level with someone and everything's right. clear and there's no hard feelings. And that's always been something that's been very important to me, even probably to a detriment of, of some sort. So I, I thought it was interesting to make a whole film out of that and how what that fear does and how it manifests itself. Yeah, and, and the tension was really palpable throughout. You know, I was I was waiting for that kind of moment to happen where, you know, certain things are revealed and, and everything starts to kind of unfold, like you said, kind of in the fear direction. Yeah. It didn't come till much later, but I found it so tension filled. And I was like, because because I, I had an idea of what was going on, but I'm like, how is this going to play out? And it really was sustained throughout the whole movie. Oh, great. That's the best thing I could hear is that <laughs> is that you don't know how it's going to come out and it doesn't come all out in the big uh, Shyamalan and reveal right. and, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I love I love some of his movies. Don't get me wrong, but it's not about like the, the last scene. It's about right. each scene giving you just that little morsel more to make you keep watching. And even if there's a perverse part of myself, that's even if someone doesn't like it, as long as I screw with their head a little bit, it's right. like. Because you should, I think, as a, as a creator, it's like I, I gotta, I gotta kind of keep going. I gotta, I gotta keep listening. I don't know. I mean, talking about interviews, like, like that, that's how Howard Stern became who he is. He's like, yeah. what's he gonna say next? Right. And he's, he doesn't come out at the end and be like, now I'm gonna give you all the big questions. Aha! Right. <laughs> he, he's like, says this. And you're, Whoa! I can't believe he said that. And I can't believe he said that. And and I I love uh, any kind of art that does that. Like. Yeah. Even, I mean, I'm going off on a tangent here, but even like the song, one of the greatest songs ever written, Paranoid Android, like by Radiohead. Yes. Like that song takes you in so many different directions. I mean, Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, like some of the greatest pieces of art, you don't I, know what's around the corner. And I, I love that so much. Absolutely. I, I agree with that too. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Shyamalan too, because so many things nowadays are, are predicated upon the twist, right? It's all this build up yeah. until the twist. And like you said, it's not necessarily getting, getting to the twist quickly. It's getting there organically. And in this movie, you literally, like, I wasn't sure I wanted to find out because <laughs> I was like, Good, yeah. I, I was, so many different uh, scenarios would go through my head as to what was actually going on. I'm trying not to say too much without, you know, spoiling it, obviously, but there were so many different scenarios. I'm like, okay, well, it could be this, it could be this. So then when it finally did happen, I was, I was, um, I was very, um, I was, I was very happy with it. Let's just put it that way. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Are yeah. You talking about the very, the very, very end? Uh, yes, yes. Okay, and, yeah. Well, and the reveal as to why why you were there. <laughs> I say you. Yeah, and I think I think life is like that. Life, um, it's very rare in life that you you're facing a, a problem, and then you're given a police file with all the information. Right, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Very rare that that happens. You get a little bit at a time. You get a little bit at a time. Someone finds out that that you know what I mean that someone stole from them they might not know how much and when they did it and who they did it with and who knew about it and and if they were going to tell you and if they told this other person like it's all bit by bit by bit by bit right. and also I think when you're dealing with especially something that's kind of subconscious um related like this film is it, it's it's kind of confusing it's kind of misty it's kind of hard to find the answer so you're kind of playing with that and all of that is very intentional because I really want the audience to be a participant, which it sounds like you were, which is, which is 
Dude, at, at one point I thought it was I thought it was Henry who probably killed your friend and you had like amnesia or something. I was thinking like that kind of stuff, and I was like, okay, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so, there, there's a lot. There are a lot of different. I mean, this this stuff tickles me to no end because there's so many people who've seen it and they're like, are you guys the same person? Like, there's there's a lot of <laughs> there are a lot of like I'm like I think that's great that because the answer is is yes to all of them. Right. Because there's a little bit of that in each thing that you're like. You know, I, I, I've done a few interviews and I, I kind of keep mentioning certain filmmakers and Bergman is one that obviously comes up and like he seeped into my bones. But but actually more so is someone like Carl Theodore Dreyer, but almost even more so than that is someone like Michael Haneke, the way he presents his films. Like uh, like when I think of the movie Caché, the ending of that film, I don't know if you've ever seen it, is I'm so perplexed by it because there are a thousand answers that are all right. So even if you haven't seen the film, like any movie like that, that can do that, they're like, wow, it's, they could be all of them. Right. Uh, I know that will frustrate some people because um, it, everyone wants a clean answer, but in a way I like that challenge a little bit more. And with my first film, I, I knew uh, I might get that chance because we had such a small budget. We had $650,000 and we shot in 15 wow. days and we had seven days of prep. So there was no time. So I was like, I'm not going to get a big swing like this again, where the stakes are so low and right. so cheap that they'll just let me do whatever I want. Right. Um, I was like, if I ever get to make, if it's the only movie I ever make, at least I did that. Right. And if I get to make another one, I probably won't have such freedom. So I, I hope was the opportunity to go for it. I hope you yeah, do. Yeah, no, I would like to know about like the cinematography choice of, you know, making it black and white. Dude. Well, black and white to me is like, it was always a black and white story just in my head. And, and, and that's the, the easiest answer. But it's also like, it's hard to identify when something's black and white and dark and shadowy, you can't trust it. And I think Henry's character throughout the film can't really trust the things around him because he doesn't know what they are. I kind of have this weird idea in my head that all the characters in the movie see everything in color and he sees everything in black and white. Oh, if, okay. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean? Like everyone else is going about their lives in a pretty straight line. Right. And he's in a, in a, in a murky, like muddy mess that it's like, <laughs> I don't really know what's there. And, uh, and, and I think there are less answers in black and white. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, that, that's, that's so important. There are just less answers and it's not as clear and it's harder to navigate. And when I think of my subconscious, I don't picture it in technicolor. No, <laughs> right. I picture it with pointy trees coming at me, right. <laughs> crawling through the muck. Like that's what I picture my subconscious like, like stuck in a house in the middle of nowhere, like hearing stuff. Right. Like, so, so that kind of is, that's kind of why I did it. Now, I got a question. As an actor, right, um, here's, here's a trend that I've seen. Anybody that's, that's in the acting world or whatever um, and, and makes the transition to directing. Now, like you mentioned, the cinematography and everything is so on point. How do you, as a first-time director, go about finding a crew? For- well, you hire the best people around you and, and something to the best the best people around you as in the best professionals, but also the best human beings. And Scott McClellan, the DP is a friend of mine. He's from Newfoundland where I'm from. I've known him for about 15 years and I've always wanted to work with him. I think he's amazing. And what this guy pulled off in such a limited amount of time is is unheard of. But we were, we geeked out. I mean, I went seven days of prep because I was shooting another movie. I was shooting Blue Bayou, which is coming out next month. And I was in New Orleans way far away. So we would, me and him texted every night for months of like, Look at this image from that movie. Remember that? Like, isn't it cool? Like, which we would do anyway, but (laughs) overload now. Uh, So he was, I had to have him. I I had to have him. 
And same with the production designer, Jason Clark. He's that house that we shot in. It looks nothing like that generally. Okay. He was incredible. I just said minimalist and pointy. Yeah. That's kind of what I want. Like gothic, yes, but pointy, pointy, right. minimalist. So that things are kind of coming at you. Um, and, uh, and, and he was amazing too. And my producer, Mark O'Neill, I mean, he's what he made work, like, like I said, such little money. So these were friends of mine. And, and, and I, I, I there's sometimes I, when I see filmmakers who hire the same people over and over, I think that's cool. But I also think you got to give other people a shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you got to bring new people into the fold. But on this one, I, I was like, I have to have the best human beings. And we had the best time. Yes. We had fun. And I was like, if I finally get to make a movie, I'm going to have fun. That's awesome, <laughs> dude. Yes. And so those were the key, key pieces. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I definitely felt like as I was watching it, it definitely felt like gothic meets noir in a sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I just thought it was really cool. It was definitely one that stood out for me for Fantasia. By the way, congratulations for getting into the oh, festival yeah. first go around. Oh. You know. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was the I wanted it. I wanted Fantasia all along. Um, I, I mean, I didn't. I don't get full say on that necessarily, but I was like, oh, get a Fantasia. <laughs> um, especially Ready or Not was there. It was cool. I was in another film called Parallel a few years ago. Fantasia. And um, I just really, really wanted to be there. Now, nice. what else do you have coming up? So uh, I'm in this film, Blue Bayou, that just premiered a can with uh, Justin Chan and Lissy Vikander. That comes out September 17th. And, uh, and right now I'm filming a series called 61st Street for AMC. And my first American job was with AMC with Halt and Catch Fire. So it's really yes. cool to come back. Love yeah, that. and oh, it's one, awesome. of the, it's one of the producers, same producers are on that. Michael B. Jordan's company is doing it. Uh, Courtney B. Vance, Holt McCallany, who oh. you know from Mindhunter, and and myself, and Anjanou Ellis, and, and a great cast, and it's about the Chicago justice system, so it's sort of a crime, but legal courtroom drama, and uh, and it's two eight-episode seasons, so we're shooting 16 episodes in Chicago. Oh, wow. oh nice. That's a lot. Eight-month <laughs> shoot, so I'm, I'm home in LA for a few days now, but I go back. We have five months down, three to go, and I think it's going to be really cool. It's coming out in 2022, like early 2022. And uh, awesome. I think it's going to be really special, yeah. It's we very different from The Righteous. <laughs> we look forward to anything that you're in, man. And when we heard you were directing a movie, we were super stoked. Remember, like I said, talking to your wife and everything. So we've been following your career for sure. Um, oh, that's so nice. I don't want to, like, be a super fanboy here, but Ready or Not was our favorite. Now, as a fan, two things that Scream 5 has to do to succeed. Oh, wow. <laughs> two things that what? Scream 5. Your boys in radio silence. What Scream oh. 5 has to do to oh, succeed? With Scream, oh, with their film Scream 5. Oh, my God. I've thought about this so much. Because I texted <laughs> them like the other day. I'm just like, because everybody's back. It seems like it's like the whole cast is back. I'm like, and it's like a reimagining. And I know Kevin Williamson, I think, wrote like the same. I'm like, ah, <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Do you kill so one of the main three? <laughs> that's what i was gonna say i was like does uh does uh, uh what's her name does oh my god the lead oh my god uh, that no um yeah <laughs> now i'm like does she die is she the killer like what is gonna happen is is courtney cox right like I, I i i've become i'm so fascinated with what they're gonna possibly do even if it wasn't them i'd be fascinated i've seen all the right. screen movies and especially with them but i have so much trust in them yep it's gonna be great yeah, it's good. And I talked to them. I was like, "You guys happy?" They're like, very happy, and they wouldn't be. Those guys really, really have a lot of attention to detail. So to answer your question, I don't know what they have to do for it to be great. I just know it will be. I, yes. I really 
I think so too. Like yeah. the 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 hype is real. They should get you in Scream Six. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'll do it for real. Stuff. Yes. And then I have one final question for you, Mark. Um, what um, I like to ask everybody typically what their favorite horror movie is, but lately I've been asking uh, my guests to uh, recommend me a movie that they love. You know, it's a great film. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> we got? Have you seen Seconds, John? No, Fowler? I've never even okay. heard of it. The reason why I had this at the ready is because I was just re- literally before Zoom, I was like reading the back of it because I'm a nerd. <laughs> anyway, I've seen this 10,000 times. Nice. This is one of the best sci-fi. I would call this a sci-fi horror. Uh, it's one of the best films ever made. And if it wasn't for Criterion, I never would have heard of it. I think a lot of people wouldn't have because somehow it went under the radar. I'm a huge Frankenheimer fan. I guarantee you, reach out to me when you see it because okay, gonna, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. 100%, man. Definitely. I, I, I love that. Uh, where can people find you on social media to close out the interview? I'm at Mark O'Brien NL. NL is for Newfoundland, by the way, uh, on Twitter. <laughs> And then I'm at Mark O'Brien Faux Real on Instagram. Faux Real. Nice. Faux <laughs> Show. Hey, man. It was the first thing I thought of. so much. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm really excited. Oh, I, I should ask, uh, when can people check out, when can the masses check out The Righteous? So we don't know yet. I mean, it's being discussed right now. Fantasia was the big uh, opening, and now we'll see what happens. But I, I think I have confidence it'll be soon, I hope. And there'll be more festivals and stuff, too, coming um but yeah to be determined but i'll let everyone know that on planet earth and i know <laughs> and i will definitely be happy to promote it i'll even re-promote this interview once uh, it comes out so you're the best <laughs> no you're the best Mark. Yeah. <laughs> thanks so much really nice talking to you guys yeah, you too man thank you we will and feel better dan oh thank you man i appreciate that okay.